Hey everybody, welcome to the second part of this week's episode of the Dude Facts Podcast. If you listened to the first part, thanks for sticking around. Uh, this segment, uh, we're going to be talking about online or virtual churches. Um, are they a good replacement for a local church body? Um, can they be just as valid of a church experience as attending one in person? Uh, what are some pros and cons of, of online church? And um, is there something that maybe we can learn from the online church uh, that we can put in place to make uh, the in-person experience um, maybe hit hit more uh, marks that maybe it's missing and that's why people are going online. So uh, just some things to talk about. Um, since COVID uh, started and during that first definite six months to a year, a lot of churches um, you know, didn't meet. And um, so they had to kind of figure out how to stream, how to go online and um, do their services live that way. I know I was a part of a church that, um, that had to figure that out. And, um, but then a lot of churches just continued to, to provide that service. And even through that time, there have been some churches that have started that are completely virtual, um, that are uh, all online. So we want to talk through that and uh, see um, uh, if that's something that, that is a, a valid alternative. Um, so I wanted actually to uh, just throw a question out there, maybe to, to get some conversation going about church and its importance and um, our interaction with it, maybe even online. Uh, there have been some times that um, in the past where we've been on vacation and we'll be gone over a Sunday. And this is as uh, someone who's on church staff. And when we go and it's over a Sunday, like we don't go to church. Um, we don't, we don't get up and find the local church and go to it. And I've had some people say that that's wrong. Um, maybe not directly to me, but I've heard people say that, that whenever you, whenever you travel, you should go to church. Um, if there's a church around on Sunday. So um, I thought uh, we'd just see what your thoughts were on that. Should Christians attend church when they're on vacation? What do you think? No. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, Jesus, Jew. I don't, I don't know about a no, but I think uh, I don't think it matters that much. <laughs> Whether you do or don't, if you do, that's cool. If you don't, you know, it's not the end of the world. You're not going to be smited. Smited. Smote. Or smote. Yeah. Smote. <laughs> smote, bro. Yeah. I, and, you know, I, I think we're getting a legalism there. If we say, yeah, you have to be um, in church um, that particular Sunday. I, I think we're missing the whole point of why uh, we gather as a body. Of believers church you know gathering is absolutely important but um you know when you look at the um reasons why we vacation why we break away with say the family um you know part of that too is to sort of recenter as a family and uh take opportunities absolutely while you're on vacation to recenter as a family but also recenter spiritually um you know, as a family. And, uh, you know, if that means spending some time in a hotel room or at a Airbnb, um, you know, doing a devotion or worshiping or whatever that praying together. Um, absolutely. But if it means you're just, you know, out on the water one day and, um, you know, worshiping God through 
um, just that, that time and his creation, that's great too. But yeah, I don't, I don't think necessarily that you have to ensure that you are in a building somewhere with other believers um, on vacation. Um, is it a great regular practice? Yes, absolutely. And we'll get into that, I'm sure. But um, yeah, vacation, I, I, I think we're missing the point if we say, yes, you better be in there. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Josh, your question was funny because it, it was should they, right? So, of course, I'm not against people going to any church. Like last time we vacationed for a while over a Sunday was in Hawaii. And I got to reconnect with my old youth pastor. We went, but we weren't forsaking our church. And the church is from the, the Greek ekklesia, just means called out ones. So when Paul was writing letters to the first churches, it was like the called out ones of Corinth or of Ephesus or of Galatia. So for me, I'm called to serve my local church here in Vancouver. I'm not neglecting Vancouver. I'm just not in Vancouver. <laughs> so I don't feel like I have to force myself into another church family for me to be obedient to the Lord, for me not to say, forsake my local assembly. Sorry, Greek is like your underwear. You want it there for support, but you don't want to go showing it off. <laughs> I thought yeah, that's what I was thinking. My <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. And my underwear. But normally I just pull the top up over the waist of my shorts when I'm in the gym. Whitey Bulger. Yeah. <laughs> that is affirmative. My daughter is trying to get my attention. Hold on. Uh -oh. Talk I just heard a, I just heard a microwave. That's what I thought I heard. <laughs> She's cooking him a burrito. It's a hot maybe. Pocket. Yeah. <laughs> hot pocket. <laughs> if you know that that's a reference to bag comment. of wolves <laughs> bag of rolls sorry she's cooking dinner um, for us so. hot um, pockets no <laughs> actually chicken breast so oh that's nice um, all right so speaking of um, this idea of should we go to church and kind of think along those lines um, should is it best for Christians to attend church in person um, or is online church a viable alternative? There's three churches right now that I, I know of. I'm sure there's more. I didn't do a deep dive um, that do that are completely online. Uh, one is life.church, um, which I think is from um, lifechurch.tv, but life.church. And then there's VR church, which is virtual reality church. Um, and Do you have to wear I, the headset? I, I think so. I think it's like 3D, you know, interactive. Oh, does everybody have like have no like avatars where they're like in the church, the virtual um, church? Well, the next, the next church is the Robloxian church from oh. for real. They say that they have twenty thousand members. Um, and uh, they do communion and baptism with digital avatars. Really? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, and this is a Christian church, or do they worship some like robotic deity? Well, the, I know the they're the doing communion deity. and baptism, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so I would think if it is like robotic, if you're baptizing, it's better to baptize an avatar than an actual robot that yeah. might damage some parts. You know, Johnny Five, um, short circuit. I think he oh, yeah. with some water issues. So they're mm, just learning. That's true. They're just learning. 
Yeah, that was a great reference for our senior audience. That's why <laughs> you guys that are forty and older. <laughs> Ryan, do you know about Short Circuit? Yeah. Grant, did you know about Short Circuit? My dad loved it. <laughs> Robert De Niro loves yeah. it. <laughs> That's actually probably the Robert thing is that I was I was raised on movies from the eighties that my dad really liked, so yeah. I have a, a lot of eighties uh, pop culture knowledge. It just means you have good parents. Exactly. Who's Johnny? She said. Remember that song? <laughs> oh yeah. Johnny Five. Okay, so. All right, so this is out there, right? We all um, either currently serve or have served or are involved in local church settings um, and definitely have um, a love for that, love for the local church, um, see value in it. Um, so what, what's your thought? What's your thought first about just having um, a virtual presence or an online presence uh, for live stream um, to begin with? Is that... Is that a good option for people to have? I definitely think that with like, you know, when when COVID happened and, and we were kind of forced to find other avenues of, you know, joining together, I think that that put a spotlight on something that is, you know, kind of one of the beauties of our current day and age is that we have the technology and ability to do this is even when we physically can't be together we can still join together and still um, participate. And I think that it's really good because I, I know just from my own personal experience with people that there are people that can't go to church for some reason, either they physically aren't able to, um, or they're, you know, like, or if they're, if a lot of times that uh, there are people that are older and that are, you know, in a nursing home or, you know, something like that. And, you know, they're, they're just, unable to leave their home, having that option there for them is such a great thing to do. And it's really easy for us to do when you think about it, like technology wise today, it's not, not a difficult thing to put up a church live stream, even if it's just super basic and that can go, you know, leaps and bounds for people that, that need that. And that, that, um, definitely, you know, could benefit from something that way. Um, so I definitely think it's a, it's a good thing that we're doing um, and a good option for churches to have if you're capable. Yeah, and it's, it's not anything new either. We, we've been doing this as a church for a long time. I mean, I remember there being homebound individuals who um, were receiving like cassette tapes of the sermon and, uh, you know, they would be played for them to be able to attend church, if you will, uh, to stay connected to the local church. And, um, I mean, Billy Graham crusades have been televised for the longest time and look at the impact that he's had. So I think there's definitely value in being able to broadcast, um, you know, worship services. Um, does it fulfill the same type of um, gathering of the body, um, maybe in some ways, but, uh, you know, I think in, you know, obviously there's some things that are missed, uh, being able to gather physically, but I think it serves a great purpose. It does connect with those individuals, like you said, Ryan, who can't go to church. I think it also is an open door for a lot of people who maybe, um, you know, don't want to walk or afraid to walk through a church. Well, now it's easy. They can check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, it, it's too easy to see it now on a, on a clip on YouTube or TikTok or whatever. And, um, you know, I think that just, it, it's just using what we have at our disposal for God's kingdom in a way that, uh, broadcast his message, uh, you know, as far as we can get it. And with the World Wide web, we can get it out there, um, you know, pretty far. So yeah, I, th- I think it serves a great purpose. Yeah. I remember growing up and Grant, were you about to say something? No, go for it, Josh. Well, why don't you go? My wife's about to walk in and I can mute. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. I have a weird relationship with it because I preach every Sunday and every service is online now. Uh, during COVID, the church plant that I pastored, we actually didn't have streaming and we chose not to. It is so easy, but we chose not to because once we can go back to live services, there's something just so special about being there in person, but we were also kind of monoculture. Like we were forties to twenties um, and like whatever little kids we had. Uh, and then our church plant merged with an existing church. And now it's a blessing for those who are shut in or recovering and we have several, several people who travel for fire season and work in the forest fire industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll actually watch messages and texts throughout the week. And that, that's, that's really cool. So I, I, to answer this question, I'm sure we'll get into this, some of the negatives, but like, yeah, it, it does serve a purpose. Um, I mean, it's nice to have a record too of like the things that we do and some historical moments in the church, but yeah, it's definitely a blessing in some ways. Yeah. And, and I didn't even mention, um, you know, being a chaplain and being around soldiers, the um, opportunities that we have to broadcast uh, worship to soldiers, you know, not just army chapels, but, um, you know, their local churches. And so when they're deployed, they're able to stay connected to their their church body. Um, and uh, that that's huge. Let me tell you, as um, a chaplain and somebody who's been deployed, um, it's great to be able to worship downrange, but I, I remember watching um, not just live streams, but videos of, um, you know, churches that I'd been plugged into back in the States. And not only was it cool to be able to see a piece of home, but uh, to worship with God's people halfway, halfway across the world, um, that was pretty powerful. Yeah, I remember uh, as a kid um, back in, I don't know, maybe late 80s, early 90s, uh, getting ready for church in the morning and um, Adrian Rogers uh, service from Bellevue Baptist in Memphis would be playing. And it was their live feed, actually, you know, on tube TV. Um, And it was for my dad as a minister. um, It was kind of like his church before going to church. Uh, I remember hearing that, you know, cause, and you know, if you're, if you're on church staff, Sunday mornings is you, it's, it's work. Um, sometimes you can settle in and, and participate, but, um, much of the time you're just thinking about what's happening, um, whether you're engaged in it or not. Um, so it's hard, uh, to have that. So again, so even back then, um, you know, 30 to 40 years ago, um, and I'm sure before then it was happening in some ways and you were talking about Billy Graham. I mean, there's that, that had been going on for a long time with him. Uh, but yeah, so definite, uh, good, good, op- good thing for churches to have, um, someone's sick, someone's, um, traveling and they do want to still stay connected, uh, homebound, whatever. Um, so that's good. So what though, on the other side of that, what do you think about, um, churches that whether the church is completely online or the person only interacts 
with a local church um, through their online venue. Um, is that is that a viable uh, or a suitable alternative? And if so, when? And if not, why not? It's funny because so much is done online now to where, um, you know, we're, we're at that point, some individuals, especially that, uh, you know, do everything online are at sort of that point of like ready player one, where it's like, they, they have this completely like different life. Um, you know, uh, that, you know, that isn't in, um, you know, physical reality, so to speak, but sort of this virtual reality. And I think, um, you know, for a lot of people, that's the norm, especially younger generations. We did some reading and studying this when we were at West Point, just studying like, you know, Gen Z and how um, they don't go out as much. Teenagers don't go out on dates as much uh, because so much happens virtually. So I think for a lot of people, they are finding that connection virtually. And I think, you know, an online church can serve that purpose somewhat, but I still think that it can't fully have the same impact as physically gathering together that connection with believers that community that accountability that fellowship there's just something about being together um, we all know it i mean it's just, it's different sitting down with you guys and having a cup of coffee physically than it is even doing this podcast and so you know as scripture says you know let us not ever give up meeting together in hebrews i mean there is something obviously very important about us coming together and worshiping the Lord and uh, being physically present together in the same place. Uh, there's an energy, um, you know, Holy Spirit obviously can work in all of us in many different places, but there is an energy like going to a professional sporting event where everybody comes together and is cheering for the same team. There's an energy that's felt and it's a lot different watching it on TV. You could sort of feel the energy of the crowd when you're watching it, but it's different when you're actually at the game because you feel that energy. And I think that's part of it as well as we need to, you know, feel that that passion for the Lord together um, in worship space. And it's just missed doing it virtually. Mm -hmm. I think that's also think important, the, too. Oh, go ahead. Karen. No, go ahead. Ryan. Um, I was just saying, I think it's I think it's also important, too, that with, you know, a church, a local church in a community serves an important purpose and to be a part of that church actually physically, I think is a, a, like the connection of it. it. It's something that doesn't need to be minimized and something that we need to take seriously. And that, you know, that part of like outreaching our community is first being a part of that local body. And then from there we go out into our daily lives and to the people that we're around physically every day. And so I think mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, it's not just, it's not just attending service or, you know, hearing the message. It's, it's about being part of that body. And I think that's the, the big benefit of actually being there. Mm -hmm. The only part of creation in Genesis that was not good was that man was alone. And I think, Online is super powerful. I think you can be incredibly involved online and in an online campus of a church. Um, but and some of this critique too could happen inside the church. I'm not going to deny that as well. But there's something incredibly different 
there's a huge difference between watching the church and being a part of the church. Because I think that consumer mindset, like Jeff mentioned it a little earlier, like it's easier to watch a church service than to show up at church. But even out here in the Northwest, we find the newcomers who are not churched are coming because a friend invites them to church. But the people that check out our service and then show up are Christians looking for a church when they move here or they're disgruntled with their own church. So I don't put so much stock into like online excellence to win them over. Like every believer needs to go to a church. It doesn't have to be our church. They know Jesus. They're fine. Like if they settle with us, great. But yeah, I just, that consumer mindset, I don't want to fuel the Christian consumer mindset of, uh, or I will say, or when church attendance was devastated because of COVID, a lot of pastors found their entire worth in their online attendance. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard. Like LifeWay even had a formula for how to track online attendance. It was like how many views you had divided by how many, I don't know. It was bogus because like every Sunday I'll scroll past like five of my friends and I'll watch how they get into their subject for that day. And I'll watch some of their worship and that counts as views for them. I'm not a part of their church. And I know for some churches that feeds the ego of the pastor to say, Oh, I had 600 people watch our service. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Even if you accidentally click on their link, (laughs) it counts. um, As part of the dude facts, we do count all of those views. Oh yes, we do. Interactive participants. But you know, it's funny that you mentioned that Josh, because I was thinking the same thing with online church yeah, it does serve a purpose. And there are some individuals who plug in and watch entire services. I, I'm not doubting that. But the percentage I, w- I would be willing to bet is v- very, very small, um, as is the amount of people that actually will sit and listen to this entire podcast. The percentage is very, very small. But the amount of individuals who will scroll by a a short video that we put online, like 30 seconds or a minute, mm-hmm. that percentage is going to go up. Not only that, like even those one minute videos, I mean, you look at the analytics, people are only watching like 20 seconds of it. You know, if, if that they that the point is, is online, everything is moving so fast and people's attention spans are so short that if they're not hearing something quickly that catches their attention or if they get distracted by something else, um, they're gone. And so you could have a great product out there, so to speak, um, and uh, really be doing great things and it sound really good and look really good and may have a few people that connect. But, um, you know, I don't even know if full-fledged worship services are the best use of that technology. I am am one who thinks shorter, quicker sound bites is where that ministry probably needs to be. And then gathering together physically in the church, that's where, you know, the, the real power of being there is, um, you know, compared to sports, it's like watching sports highlights on TV. Okay. Now I know what happened versus I was at the entire game and it was awesome. That was amazing. You know, talking about uh, attention spans, in that when uh, the summer of 2020, you know, COVID was in full effect and churches were, were, were online. And that was, that was lining up with, um, you know, there's a season there where I, I was sick and had an infection. And um, so I didn't feel like going out a lot. So having that available was great. But I'll tell you, um, the four of us sitting in the living room watching 
um, a service on the TV, one, you're less likely to, to really engage uh, in the, the musical aspect of the service. It's just weird sitting there singing along to a TV. Um, and you weren't standing in front of your TV with hands raised. <laughs> well, I was, but I can't get my kids. Um, then your dog started barking. That's right. <laughs> he does bark at you. Um, but that, but but even but like the dog, he he would be a distraction. He would start barking at something outside. Um, you know, girls would get to giggling, and we'd talk with what you get, you know, whatever. And it's hard to be, you know, really focused and engaged. I, some people can do that, um, but but definitely not not all people um, in that. Um, so uh, having. Oh, what I wanted to say and get your thought on this. So I've got a friend that um, growing up really feels like he was um, mistreated by the church in some ways. Um, I don't know all the story, but um, it has been burned some. But for a long time, probably since his college years, has just not gone to church. And so he's like, so he says, oh, I'll, I watch online or I participate online because I just don't trust that I won't get hurt again. Um, what do you think about that in that kind of scenario? I think a lot of people look for stability in life in general, uh, but life has ups and downs. I don't know who said it, but I've heard it so many different times. Like an EKG has very high highs and very low lows. And that's life. That's good. We all look for like, no, this is, this is stable. I won't get hurt. I don't have to be vulnerable. Um, this is, it's like one of my arguments against stoicism. There's this modern push towards stoicism where a lot of guys are pursuing the stoic philosophers and the stoic ideals. It's like, yeah, you're robbing yourself of the negative. Sure. But you're also robbing yourself of the positive. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things I hate about online ministry. Um, and again, I'm not opposed to it. We do it. <clears throat> We push for excellence in that area so that people can participate. I think God can work through it, but online is not life. Like all those, uh, the Gen Z that we're talking about, um, and and praise the Lord for them. I love Gen Z. They're very important at our church, but on life is not you. It's a curated you. It's a protected you. You're only Mm -hmm. putting your best foot forward. We untag ourselves from pictures we don't like. We only post what we want to post to show the positive side of us or even the negative side of us that might give us the most sympathy. We all have some kind of Munchausen component, right? So that's not you putting yourself online. That's you putting your uh, curated you online. And we're depriving ourselves of the opportunities to be ministered to and to minister in the highs and to be ministered to and to be ministered to in in the lows. That's not life. That's stagnation. I'll shut up now. <laughs> That's a good point. It is very good. Yeah, so you kind of mentioned it. You, we, we limit the opportunity uh, to be ministered to. We limit the opportunity to minister to others uh, in that kind of avenue. One of these churches, I forget which one had the statement, but said, "Our um, this is kind of their tagline thing, our online church can be your church in every sense of the word. And I think there's a lot that you can benefit from, you know, whether you're there or watching online. But that idea, uh, Grant, you brought up the Greek earlier that it's, you know, it's this it's this body. Um, 
the end of Acts 2, you know, very familiar verses that just talk about how the church, that early church was devoted to, to the apostles' teaching, to the prayers, to the breaking of bread, and to the fellowship. And um, the word fellowship there is another Greek word. It's that Greek word uh, uh, koinonia, and, um, which, which means like a very deep communal um, connection with, with somebody else. And so this church was devoted to that, and we see it was devoted to that through the meeting of needs, right? Whatever happened within that community, um, people thought felt like their need, the need that somebody else had was their responsibility to meet. So they sold stuff if they needed to, whatever. Um, and when you read through the New Testament, you just see all these one another commands, um, you know, to bear one another's burdens, to pray for one another, to love one another, and on and on and on. And it, it, to me, it seems like there's so much, not that we're just commanded to do in Scripture, but that we're, um, we have uh, a responsibility, but also a privilege to do as being a part of a local church. Um, and that's, you, know, you guys know, a lot of you that are listening have experienced this, that when you meet somebody's need or you're able to minister to somebody, you a lot of times get more out of it then maybe they do. Like the, the, there's a blessing that we receive when we help other people. Um, so, so you're robbing yourself of that. You're robbing somebody else um, of the opportunity to, to do that for you as well. And then there's so much that just goes um, unexperienced when you're not connecting yourself in with a local body. And I just think that's a big, um, a big thing that maybe people miss if just doing church online. Or, and, and outside of that, if people are like, listen, I don't need the church to be a Christian. I can be a Christian without it. Well, maybe you're experiencing about 20% of what it is to be a Christian if you're doing it in isolation. Mm-hmm. And I apologize. I was smiling er- earlier during a, a serious point, but it's because Ryan is still drinking the Materva. <laughs> <laughs> just keeping it real. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, those are some of the things you miss out on when you don't gather with the body. I mean, I know we're obviously doing this virtually, but um, you know, it's, it's those things as you were alluding to or talking about there, grant um, you know, it, it, it is the realness of you and others and uh, being able to see people at all facets of life and being able to encourage them and being able to be encouraged um, yourself and uh, being there for the highs and lows like that is is just something that's so beautiful that we see uh, consistently in um, the New Testament specifically acts and I you know I I sympathize with those individuals who are hurt by the church and obviously think that um, you know virtual church can be a way for them to connect back in if they're serious about their faith but um, I have a hard time seeing an individual who genuinely pursues, passionately pursues Christ as somebody who's just comfortable never gathering with the bride of Christ. Like, come on. Um, you know, if you're about the things of Jesus, then you're going to be about his people too. Um, you know, even though they might bite at times, um, you know, you're you're still going to love them and uh, want to be with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're teaching, um, we just started a, a new teaching thing at the church, um, a discipleship program called Following Jesus. And it's all about 
um, helping us understand, you know, what does it really look like in daily life to walk as he walked? Um, you know, first John two somewhere in there talks about, um, the one who abides in him should also walk as he walked. And, um, so it's this two way street of if you're abiding in him, you will be walking as he walked or trying to, but if you want to walk as he walked, you have to abide in him. So this idea of you have to be with him and, um, Jeff, to your point, um, if you are with Jesus, um, through just in your thought life daily, you know, in communication and communion with him, studying his life and his ways and his word, um, listening to him, you're going to take on the characteristics and the attributes that he had and try to, and Jesus didn't, he isolated himself four times of, of prayer. Um, but that was it. You know, the rest of the time he's with his disciples, he's with his family, he's in the synagogue, he's gathering with his people. And um, a, the life of a Jesus follower is a life lived in community um, with with other believers and with your neighbors. Um, and it's just it's it's part of the definition. And, um, you know, I, I can't judge someone's salvation, but I back up your your point and, and will say, I think it's awfully hard to be a Jesus follower and identify as a Christian if you're not with his people willingly. Now, some people can't, and I understand that. Um, but something is, I would just, I would even go far as to say, like, maybe you're, maybe it's not that you're not a believer, but I think you're living in disobedience if that's your choice to say, you know, I can do it on my own, whether it's online or not. Um, I don't need the church. I can, I can be a Christian. I can honor God. I can worship him on my own. I would say you're living in disobedience if that's the way, if that's your experience um, as a Jesus follower. And, think, and is that unfair? Is that wrong? Or out of bounds? I don't think it's out of bounds, but I think, I definitely think that as the church, specifically speaking to people who have been hurt by church bodies or by individuals in the church in the past, like, we as the as a whole as the church unfortunately take on that burden that those people have caused by their harm and i think that it's important for us to reach out to those people and not just leave it at oh well there's an online church then come and watch that like no we need to actually be trying to outreach to these people and bring them back into the body and you know have that that actual personal connection. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a two way street there. Definitely that the church can be doing more. And also, you know, people can be doing more to actually engage with the church and not just be separated. Yeah. I think you bring up a good, a good point that one, that, yeah, that the church should find avenues to, to connect with, with those people. Um, but, you know, the other side, um, you know, something you said made me think of it, like we just don't need to be jerks either um, yeah. and, and be, be churches that hurt people. Sometimes people just hurt. It's just life. Um, and and that happens. But a lot, a lot of people, even at the new church where I am now, getting to hear some people's stories, there's people who have come there because they've been hurt other places. And, they, and, and some of it's just how the church they went to was operating. Um, it wasn't just a specific person. It was the church as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, there's something we can learn there as well, is we need to be um, bodies that 
welcome, love, um, encourage people who are in hurt, um, whatever they're going through, and, and do what we can to lead them to Jesus and treat treat them as he would. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's our humanity and kind of human nature that causes that in the first place. And, you know, we, we need to actively be trying to overcome that. Well, here's what I think about, too, like especially with Christians with past hurts, evaluating what church will I attend? I'm going to look at some online services, maybe check out some websites and then go to this church. And even the whole idea of online church, that's an online church service. I think that's a really important distinction. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is two weeks ago. I preached on this, so it's really fresh still. We have 168 hours in our week. Every one of us, 168 hours. Yet, especially as believers, we will put all of our emphasis in one hour. Like we'll put all the eggs in the basket that it was never meant to hold. And, you know, a new life church is the name of the church that, that I pastor. And, you know, it's a newly merged church still. It happened a year ago legally. Uh, we got our name last September. Like it's all fresh. And so that's why I'm trying to really set the precedent now. Like you're not coming to church. You're coming to a church service. Um, you are the church. Your behavior with all 168 hours um, is the impact. We're not going to be winsome, just come to this one hour, come to this one hour, and really put all of our hopes and dreams into a one-hour church service or streaming in a one-hour church service. Um, It is incredibly important. We're going to do it as as good as we can and grow in that and serve the Lord and just obey Him in that one hour. But our life as a believer cannot be that one hour. It has to be the 168 minus the sleep time. (laughs) But God might call you to obey him and give up some of that sleep time to go serve a need or sit with somebody in a hole or whatever. Uh, I just think that's really important because with our online, that's the topic, right? With our online, we can just feel that. Like, why do people go to our website over others? It's because they want to consume our content more than somebody else's content. And I think I said it as a joke a ton during 2020 that we missed an opportunity. We could have had like Hillsong worship and then kind of to me, hey, good morning at the time, Crosspoint Baptist. Like, I'm Grant, I'm your blah, blah, blah. And then cut to Andy Stanley. And then afterward, cut to Bethel worship. And like, we could have edited together our most excellent online service. But that's not who we are. <laughs> that would just be, I, I don't know. So I don't, I don't want to feed the consumer mindset too. Like, honestly, you don't want the problems of Christians that like you better than other pastors. And that's a lot of pressure. Like, Josh, I know that's a blessing, right, to get people who have been hurt by somebody else because they like you. But in the back of my mind, whenever I hear a story like that, I just think for now, because we're humans and we're going to fail at some point, <laughs> mm. either in a service, yeah. in a Wednesday night. That's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. Well, that's – and to speak to that, um, yeah, we actually have – uh, dis- uh, discussions about how we handle that. And um, there's mm-hmm. always um, a response of, you know, we're, we're glad you, you're healing here or um, that this feels like home, but we're not perfect. Um, yeah. And so uh, there has to be that, that expectation. Um, uh, yeah. So um, we're, we're getting uh, kind of close on time here. So, uh, maybe one last question to um, begin to, to wrap things up. Um, 
is there something that we could pull from or glean from people uh, who just want to attend online um, or churches that only offer online um, that would be a benefit to an in-person gathering? Is there something there that maybe we're missing or disconnected from that we can learn from, from the, the, the virtual experience? I think ingenuity and thinking outside the box is huge. There's that maxim, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's, but, but even then we could fall into those ruts in our online services too, or our online ministry. But I just think being able to think outside the box and say, well, how could we take this gospel, which never changes and present it to people uh, who might never have heard it if we didn't do something new? I think that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And and it goes back to um, something I was, I was sharing earlier is the idea of, you know, one, things online move fast. And uh, the way that people consume content, and I'm just using the word content, um, you know, changes constantly. I mean, 10 years ago, it was Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, then it was Instagram, and then it became TikTok. And, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. And it's not necessarily that, that we as the church have to jump on every trend, but I think it does uh, behoove us to understand our culture and how they are um, reading and seeing things. And um, you know what, one of the apps I enjoy the most is, is the Bible app, the Uversion Bible app that that app is, is very cool. And as a chaplain, um, you know, obviously I can give soldiers physical Bibles and they might carry it around with them, but all of them have a phone and, uh, you know, I can have them uh, encourage them to download an, an app and get them um, into Bible reading plans just via an app. And so, you know, I, I think there are things about online church and uh, that whole medium that are worth digging into and looking at and saying, how can we utilize this um, effectively for the kingdom? But it's not a replacement for gathering as the body of Christ. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's used, it needs to be used as a tool and we need to know and understand the tools that we have at hand, but also, you know, understand that that is just a tool that is not a replacement and is not the thing to, you know, do instead, you know, everything works together. Yeah. And, and a closing um, thought, um, you know, cause I, I think this would kind of sound like a downer on online. And I think we're all in agreement <laughs> that that is, it's not a, a valid substitute. If you're able to attend somewhere locally, it's a good church. Um, but that summer that, um, that I was talking about earlier when we were watching online, um, we were looking for a place to attend. I just left the church. And so we were, it gave us opportunity to, to view some online before we went. And, um, and we came across this one church and, um, that I just really connected with the, the way the pastor taught. It was a church we never thought we would go to. Um, and so we heard, we watched some of their worship completely different than what we thought it would be, heard the sermon completely different than what we thought it would be. And we went and it's where we went for three years until moving here. Um, and it was, um, I knew at the end of that first service, it's where I needed to be at that stage of my life. It's actually where I ended up getting this shirt, my Jesus Frieza shirt. 
um, which was a men's group I, uh, I was a part of that really um, brought uh, some health into my life. And, and I'm super thankful for that time. And it was because they had an online service that, that we could view. But I knew I wouldn't just keep watching it. You know, I needed to be there. And if I hadn't gone, I would have missed out on some very key relationships I had um, that I needed during that season of my life. So um, you get pros, uh, both sides um, of it. So um, find, find, if you're not attending a local church, man, find one that um, not only meets your needs, but is a place where you know you can meet the needs of others. So do it prayerfully. Um, thanks for being a part of the podcast this week. Uh, I want to go ahead and tease next week's topic um, so that um, we can get some people's um, panties in a wad a little bit. We're going to be talking about um, homeschooling versus public school. Um, and uh, is one Who would homeschool? No, they're a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> All making their own clothes and churning butter. Yeah, that's what my kids do. Yeah, Butter? I hardly know her. <laughs> Bag of wolves. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's going to be next week's topic. If you have any comments in advance, don't make Jeff come out there and leave a comment. Mm -hmm. Who is place. this Jeff guy? I don't know. He's surly. Yep. Yeah. So let us give us uh, comments on this one, ideas of public school versus homeschool. And um, we will. Uh, we look forward to, to bringing that topic to you guys next time. <laughs> Ryan's going to. Doing that a lot man. as he drinks that Materva. <laughs> How's your stomach feel? Is it is it's it okay? okay. <laughs> we'll see you in about All right. two hours. <laughs> On that note, we will see you guys next week. <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs>